All right, I think. Yeah, baby. <laughs> we are live. Ladies, how are we doing today? Fantastic. Great. We are doing this at 10.30, which is like brunch time where I am, but this is different. This is more breakfasty times for you. Is that, that's mm -hmm. right, right? Mm -hmm. It's like post-school drop-off breakfast time. Yeah. All right. Like so the idea today is it's always really far away until it isn't. And I'm talking about CSM. It creeps up on you. And then what am I supposed to go to again? There's are there sessions and when are they? And there's pre-cons. That's the con before the con. And so first I want a personality profile. We'll go Rebecca, then Elise. Do you pick out your stuff well beforehand, the day before, on the flight or the morning of? Or do you just do what I do sometimes, which is like, time's the next session. What do we got here? Use the APTA app. So what's your profile? It's evolved. I think the first time I went, I was probably, I'd get the like printed out catalog and mm. highlight everything and rank order choice them. So if I went into one and I was like not feeling it, I had a backup plan and a backup plan to the backup plan. And I went to every single session. Now I'm more of a like, I don't know, we'll see when I get there. There are a few things that I pick out that are like, cannot miss sessions. Um, but I also, this might be a little strange. I kind of watch the social media traffic too while oh. I'm at CSM. So okay. I actually started getting on Twitter at CSM because they were tweet they were showing tweets on the screens in the lobbies. Yeah. And people would be tweeting from sessions. And I was like, wait, what? I need to go hear what's live, happening in that room. Live tweeting. So, yeah. So I kind of have a mixed bag, but I'm way way more chill about my planning methods than in the past. Elise, mm -hmm. what is your what is your avatar for selecting CSM sessions? It's a lot of time and energy and money wrapped up in it. How do you pick? Well, I'm pretty biased because I also like pre-vet the sessions that I'm interested in by having them on my own podcast. And that right. kind of helps me like sift through. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> because <laughs> I I wish I could go to every single session. That's not realistic. So what I do is I will go through and I will pick out the sessions that are interesting to me. And I've learned to branch out of oncology. And then I will do the day before, usually like as I'm at the airport or as I'm at the hotel, I'll go through it and have like one or two for every session, kind of like Rebecca, where if I go to one and it's a dud, I've got a backup. Or if I go to one and it's full, I've right. got a backup and I've just, I've got them queued up in the app. I do a mix. I ask people what they're doing, what they're excited for, and then I sort mm -hmm. of map it out. And then I also wing it too, where, listen, as a presenter, as someone who presents pretty regularly, if you're in the room and it ain't for you, I'm not offended if you leave. I'm just sure. not. Mm -hmm. You are mm -hmm. spending and I'm pausing after I use the word sp spending time and paying attention. And you can only really be in one session at a time. Yep. Uh, so go to the one. If you are in the wrong room, if you're just like, this isn't what it matched the description, which also tells people write really act, write better descriptions mm -hmm. to get better butts in seats. So the goal is just some insights from us, what we're looking at uh, to plan out our own CSMs. And some of us are speaking, right? We're speaking at CSM. All of us yep. are. This so if year. you're not mentioning that, if you're not pre-promoting to get butts in your seats, why are you going to CSM to talk? Like, what are you doing here? What are you doing? I've been talking about my talk for, talking about my talk, very meta, for a couple of weeks now. Like, be excited mm -hmm. about it. Talk about it. If you think you're, if you think you're giving away too much, spoiler alert, you're not. Mm -hmm. You're not. You're not giving away mm -hmm. too much. Someone, I'm, I can't see who this person is just because of the interface we're using. Go to sessions that are not being recorded by APTA. You can watch those Agreed. Later. That is a great Agreed. idea. That is a yes. terribly 
efficient strategy. Um, so let's go, Rebecca, Elise, Jimmy. Perfect. Rebecca, what is a session you're like, this is what I'm going to, I think you can't miss, and then like, why? Okay, so I picked out like kind of one for each day, but I'm gonna choose one of them that I thought was super applicable to what I do in the emergency department. Okay. And it's called, it's on Friday at 8 a.m. and it's the Home Health Academy. And it's called Invisible, How to Identify and Support Overwhelmed Caregivers for Improved Patient Outcomes and Rehospitalization Rates. I see so many patients that come in with their caregivers who are burned out, they're exhausted. Sometimes they literally drop their family member off at the hospital and peace out. So I'm really interested to see what I can learn from this, how I can help screen for that so that I help decrease bounce back and make sure that I'm making an effective discharge plan for these patients. I do think it's ironic, or I did think it was ironic the first time I went to CSM because it was combined sections meeting. And I was like, we all come together. It's combined. This is great, like Voltron. And then we split up into sections and academies. But go. what Rebecca is suggesting is go to something that is outside of your silo, outside of your, because you need to pull things. Likely, 364 days a year, you're focused on PT and the ED or oncology. Mm -hmm. uh, so yep. maybe maybe touch a little bit, spend spend a little bit of time doing something else. Do you want to give a nod to who the presenters are? Let's uh, let's. Yeah, let me see. So the primary or the only speaker is Julie Crenshaw, and uh, she is a board certified in geriatric physical therapy, and she actually is an author of a book series called "Learn to Care for Aging Parents," which I think probably all of us could relate to that a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be my like. Julie, Out of my me, wheelhouse, but in my wheelhouse. Call me. Call me. Let's have a drink, Julie. <laughs> I will also say this. This is a yeah. blanket thing. If you get something from a presenter, write them an email. Yes. Like, as a human to human, it means a lot. It also tells people, hey, this was good. Maybe you want to make more of that stuff. Do mm -hmm. that again. So as a human to human, because you're a couple clicks away, man. We have never been more flat in terms of like connected write the presenter an email if you enjoyed it say thank you i enjoyed it doesn't have to be 20 pages would you enjoy and then maybe like hey would have loved if you did this as a presenter or someone who creates stuff i love that stuff so write mm -hmm. julie write rebecca write her an email i will elise what is your first wait when is that one again make sure people know when that, that one is on friday at 8 a.m it's a hot time people come in hot, hot. Get to the Starbucks line. <laughs> Maybe camp. Don't save money on a hotel room and just just bring a sleeping bag and lay in line for the Starbucks. At least, what's your first pick? So I'm really looking forward to the peripartum cardiovascular health disparities and how physical therapists play a vital role across settings. So that session is taking place also on Friday, 3 p.m. And the speakers are Rebecca Seagraves, Jenna Seagraves, Allison Satowki Hemstreet, and Catherine. Catherine Sylvester and Nika Hall. So there's a lot in there, but what I super, super love about this and what I've come to realize in my own practice after years of going to CSM and only doing oncology program is that even though oncology is pretty comprehensive, there's a lot that I was missing. And what mm. I have really realized personally in my own practice is the majority of women that I see, like A, the majority of patients I see are women after a breast cancer diagnosis. And I would say 95% of them have also birthed a child and or been pregnant at some point. And I genuinely had no 
inkling of understanding of how much cardiovascularly they are being impacted. But what I did know is that chemo is cardiotoxic. And I never put it together mm. that we have a double whammy of cardiotoxicities that are absolutely affecting my patients, not just here and now, but also 10, 20 years down the road. And that is actually a bigger impact on mortality in long-term survivalship than sometimes the cancer itself. So big deal for me. So you're thinking one, two, 10, 20 steps ahead and saying, yes. okay, great. So I am comfortable in this area, but what can I get mm -hmm. um, from the smorgasbord? This is an all-you-can-eat buffet, but not all-you-can-eat because yep. time is time is not, uh, it's finite. It's not infinite. We actually say infinite, uh, but it's finite. <laughs> well, isn't that funny? It's like we say Arkansas and Kansas, but not and Kansas. <laughs> but so it's, it, your time is finite, mm -hmm. not infinite. Mm, I'm not sure why we say that. Uh, and who, did you say the author? I had to take my headphones out for a second. Did you say who the author is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll shout them out again. So it's Rebecca Seagraves, Jenna Seagraves, oh, Allison Sikowski, Hemstreet, Catherine Sylvester, and Nika Hall. Okay. Sorry. That's a dream team. I mean, for real. For real. Do you, do you do that sometimes when you scroll through APTA programming? Are you looking for names you recognize, topics? Do you search by day? Like, how do you do it? How do you do it? I do a lot. I just sort of shock. Okay, me. to be honest, if Dr. Elisa Van Hoos is speaking, I go to everything that she's presenting. So I already, I looked this morning. <laughs> do you look for people? People are your guys. Sometimes I do because they're the people that leave me feeling like inspired, motivated, and committed to our profession and, and challenge me to be better. So yeah, there are some people that I will go to whatever they present. Do you do that too, Elise? I, so I'm going to double up on Dr. Lisa Van Hoos because she always gives presentations that make me uncomfortable in the moment. Mm. And then I walk out and I'm like, whoa, that was really good. And I'm, I'm charged to go and do something else. Right. But I would say, like, listen, she's probably the only one that I do that with because I'm also a really big believer of there tends to be a little bit of like the same people tend to present yeah. Yeah. every year. And so I like to look at who's new, you who bet. have I not talked you about? Know. So I'm more of a topic yeah, focused person. And then I'll look into, you know, like is Dr. Lisa Van who's presenting, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, that's what people do for, um, for concerts. Who's the headliner? Who are the, who are yeah. the bands? Who are the bands I kind of know, but want to know more about like, who mm -hmm. See this band before before everybody knew it was cool. This is also a nod for why we practice our presentation skills. Why is Lisa Van Hoos a really really good speaker? I'm not going to speak for her, but I'm going to guess it's repetition. Like she cared, and then she was like, mm -hmm. I, "The first time I spoke, I wasn't that great, but I wanted to be." And then the second time, I was a little less. But and then all of a sudden, Lisa Van Hoos is who you see. She also does it a lot, which is why mm -hmm. people know her. So as Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters would say, like, you want to be a great band? Like, just go play. Just get in front of people, mm -hmm. right? Don't sit in your house and just release stuff online. Also, well, now you can release stuff online from your house. Right. But <laughs> neither rinse, repeat. So I'm going to go with uh, a couple sessions. One is, this one was canceled. Dang it. Oh. This was pre-con. And I'm going to make mm. a pitch right now to Justin and Donna Lee and Jonathan. I actually already emailed Donna Lee Frownfelter. This was something that uh, I tried to get on the show a couple of years ago, and, and I'm dumbfounded this was... Well, it's it's canceled because not enough people said they would come. That's just right. something sometimes it happens for this pre-con. And this was medical improv for physical therapists and PTAs level one. So I think communication, just talked about speaking is the... You know, if you want to be a better speaker, you don't need more listeners. You need to speak more. 
Uh, if you want to be a better communicator, you have to do it. And you have to also piggyback on, you have to do something that's uncomfortable, uncomfortable in the moment. Listen, I am a pretty comfortable speaker. I like doing things that are on off the cuff. Improv still makes me uncomfortable. It's not making you uncomfortable. It's not hard enough, but that's like the good part, right? So a little disappointed that, that one wasn't um, done, but hey, uh, Justin, Lisa, uh, we could do a live stream and we could reach more people then you could actually reach in an entire day. It's going to be in a different way, podcast live stream, but we could reach more people. So that was one that I was like, oh man, that one, you know, that one isn't uh, being shared. So now I'll go to one uh, that is. So let me share this one. So this one is called, I brought notes, uh, Developing Therapeutic Alliance in Digital Health When Physical Therapists become consultants and this is like ooh, i feel like a lot of people are gonna look at this and be like, you called me a consultant that's like a sales word and i don't like it and i don't i don't like it. so the description reads current literature suggests telehealth can be an effective model in managing musculoskeletal conditions and again in 2020 in denver we were like yeah that's probably like 20 years from now and then <laughs> we were like eh, i feel like it's now and despite the recent establishment of clinical competencies in PT telehealth practice, educational programming on applying best practices in digital health, it's, lag it, it, it's lacking within the profession. Like, how do you do it? How do you do it right? So Heather Lauren Broach, Chris Martin, and Mary Reichel Kimbrough are going to be presenting Developing Therapeutic Alliance in Digital Health when PTs become consultants. That's on February at 8 a.m. as well. I'm looking forward to that because this is a thing. We jumped into it. I don't know if the cart was before the horse, but the container was before the instruction manual was written. But sometimes that's where the best, that's where innovation lives, right? Necessities of other invention. So I want to see what, what is the best literature, right? I consider myself a pretty good communicator. Can I be better? Yeah. Yeah, we all can. So that is mm -hmm. my first question. Nice. I'm always for any topic on therapeutic alliance too. And if you can, I feel like if you could develop therapeutic alliance really well digitally, hopefully that would also translate to in-person work as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, they are they are similar but not the same, right? Correct. Like you know, and I was talking about this with someone I can't remember if it was on an episode or not. It's when you know you record a lot of podcasts when you have no idea. Uh, is that um, they're similar but not the same, and they require skill sets. Like there's a thing called like Zoom fatigue. Like I'm just used to doing blah, blah, you know thing. And how can you maximize the connection? to get the results you're actually looking for. And there are best practices for that. So that was pretty cool to see PTs sort of embracing that. Uh, Rebecca, you're up with your next pick. Okay, I, I cannot wait to hear what you guys think about this. This mm. one is on Thursday, February 15th at 8 a.m. Okay. And it's called, it's a vibe, a revolution of the PT experience. What does that mean? It's a vibe, okay. that's, a, that's a term the kids I'm gonna read you a little bit from the description. And then you can tell me what you think. The first thing is, when was the last time you walked into a healthcare facility and went, dang, this place has a vibe? Most likely never. <laughs> and it's, you know, um, it goes on to say, we are missing the wow. This session will explore the ideology and culture of providing high quality PT interventions in what traditionalists may call an unorthodox setting. From the high performance team culture to the banging music to the ping pong table and slack lines with a cheers leg vibe. Disruptive practices have proven successful in a David versus Goliath industry. Being different is cool. Diversifying services is valued and focusing on experience is treasured. Learn how to create a vibe. I mean, the ED is its own vibe. So I don't know if I'm going to be like ping ponging, but I, I kind of want to go to this because 
I love. I want to know. I want. I mean, it's a vibe. Elise. I, I first of all, I love the title already. Yes. The description has captivated me. Yes. Like I, that was not on my radar. It's on my radar now. I do feel like as a patient, like because uh, I have employed a physical therapist for my own problems. I do feel like the majority of clinics I walk into are stuck in 1995 and that's not a bad year. Like, listen, the nineties were a great year. They were great for the nineties. Like, and it does, like, I do feel like maybe that has in part hampered some of our progress because we have like, we have an aesthetic issue that, you know, it does kind of bleed into sometimes how we do things in PT. So I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's go, Rebecca. Yeah. I know. I think that I think that we are social animals and mm -hmm. we like to say we're different and unique. And then we wind up doing similar things. Um, watch how people present. They watch people present and then they present the same way or similar way. But they sit in the audience. And they want different. So this to me is a parallel, which is like, I want different. This, we don't really sell a product. We sell a service and that service has vibe. And when I walk into A clinic or B clinic, there, sh there are differences. It should tell you, this is like feng shui, right? Like how do you create a vibe? And that should be intentional. I want people to feel emotion, emotion, emotion. Mm -hmm. how are you, mm -hmm. Show me how you're doing that. Well, we're all chill and on our website it's, and I'm like, no. That's not repeatable. There's no plan there. It sounds like this presentation is going to be like, hey, if you want to project this, you should pay attention to A, B, and C. That's cool. I don't think I've heard of this type of present which presentation before, which is cool and exciting. Uh, yeah, and it's private practice section, uh, which is interesting. And the other thing I think that maybe the goal here, too, is to not only bring a vibe into your community, but bring community into your vibe. So if Ooh. you can make people feel like they belong, it's not clinical. Like when I go to my doctor's office, they're very polite. I don't feel like I belong there. I see them maybe um, twice a year. Sterile. When I go into my PT clinic, I feel like people know me. I'm comfortable there. I love the environment that they have there. It's a vibe. Yeah. So I, I actually, I really kind of love the idea of this, especially if you're creating your own business. Do you guys have an Applebee's near you? It closed. Really? That's I feel like they yeah. never closed. But when you walk into an Applebee's, because Rebecca, you're in Colorado, at least you're in Texas. Correct. And I'm in New York. But I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark. When you walk into an Applebee's in Texas, there are local high school football helmets and field hockey jerseys and things on the wall. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. very intentional. They are being very obvious. They are saying, I would, we're, we're just your local restaurant that, by the way, you recognize the name when you're driving across the country or going from town to town. Mm -hmm. It's very intentional. Mm -hmm. It's very obvious. So those are, those are the things, which is if you want to bring, what was that again? You said, do you want to bring your community? So they, they say you're bringing a vibe to your community, but I'm saying you're also going to bring community into your vibe to make people feel mm -hmm. like they belong there. Isn't that the thing? Like, what are you projecting? Yeah. Like, do you have a bunch of like cubicle type, office furniture furniture from again 1995 nothing wrong with 1995 but i'm not going to start wearing clothes from 95 again i mean i am not, not for 20 more years that's when they come back in style that's like now that. jimmy is it now that's 30 oh, years ago i'm not good with your math i'm, wearing platform boots. I'm, not gonna <laughs> lie, I'm actively wearing platform boots right. rebecca bring your microphone a little closer to you okay sorry 
No, it's okay. We want to hear your voice. <laughs> is it on an arm? Is it? Can you move it? Now you've muted everything. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, in an effort to get Rebecca to be heard more, you might have to plug it back in or play around with it. Well, anyway, it's Elise's turn every way. Rebecca, play with your audio. Elise, what do you have for your second pick for CSF? Yeah, so my second pick is in the oncology oh, section. section. Ooh, I hear it. Uh, yeah, just turn it live. <laughs> Go ahead, Elise. So the next one that I have is in the oncology section, and it's called Navigating the Complex Situations and Conversations. And that is happening on Saturday at 8 a.m. And that is with Lori Bowright and Chris Wilson, who are kind of giants in the oncology field. Okay. And what I really like about this, and this is something that actually Rebecca touched on previously, and I want to bring back. As a new clinician, I would pick out the sessions to try and get the most information possible on what to know. What are the cancer treatments being used? What are the side effects? What are the specific prescriptions for exercise we should be dosing, et cetera, et cetera. And I like what we were talking about previously, which is kind of, you know, the therapeutic alliance. And this is kind of along those lines of how can I show up as a better human mm. as a therapist for my patient in a very, very challenging and vulnerable environment that is oncology, but I mean like also other areas. And so I'm really, really excited about that one. There's going to be some practical application to like practicing. And I have to say, I'm going to bring it back to a CSM several years ago. I went to an oncology talk on sex. I don't remember the exact, it was like gynecological something, but they made us in this other talk they made us turn to our neighbor and ask and tell honestly and vulnerably, how is your sex life? Really? And that was uncomfortable. Again, like I, <laughs> I have learned to lean into the uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. It was vulnerable. But the person that I shared that conversation with was, it was like, wow, I get it now on sometimes when we're asking questions as the therapist and our patients may be like, are struggling to come up with an answer or uncomfortable answering that or just don't answer it in general. Like, man, that was such a catalyst for me. And I think this session, again, navigating the complex situations and tough conversations is going to be another one of those where I walk out and I'm like, oh, oh, that was a good one. I can't wait to implement this. Becca, what do you think? How does that sound? I think it sounds good and great. Becca's my Can you favorite. hear me? We can. Okay. Well, I... I like to think that complex conversations are really pretty simple once you kind of get over yourself a little bit. It's just like when, when you started in PT school, do you remember the first time you had to touch somebody? Yep. It was awkward. And you were like, or the first time you had to be in your sports bra standing yep. there in front yeah. of everybody. I think once much. you kind of rip the bandaid off, it works pretty well. And, and I help in a, a PT school lab where we simulate really uncomfortable conversations with students. Yep. And it's hard, but I think it's important. And then it's not, doesn't feel so hard anymore. If you keep the conversation underneath the bed, like you know, using that analogy, but if the big scary monster hiding under the bed or in the closet stays there, it gains power. Yep. It gains scariness. And when you can get over yourself, I think getting over your, don't get over it, get over yourself is the get thing because you can yeah. actually control that one. And did you say who the authors were? Yeah, you did. Yes. So it's Lori Bowright and Chris Wilson. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Uh, and we're going to share the links to all these. Can you just send me the links to all these sessions? I'll Absolutely. put them in the description. This way people can just make it clicky, clicky, clickable. Absolutely. All right. So is it my turn now? Yep. So I'm going to give, I'm bringing an extra one if you count, bringing four. So I'm going to give a nod to a poster. What? Love it. A I poster? Like no one loves posters. I do. I actually ironically think that when APTA shares information on posters, why not put the image of the poster on the website? But whatever. We're uh, actually doing that in Colorado. We're sharing yeah. posters with our members. Yeah, online. Uh, so this poster is, I'll give a nod to the uh, presenters. This is Justin Mirzwicki, Joshua Klein, Brooke Satch, and Lauren Vandenberg. And the title is Loneliness Improved by Either Telephone or Video Communications in Community-Dwelling Older Adults. Essentially, 36% of community-dwelling older adults experience moderate loneliness and 6.6% experience severe loneliness. I would actually think it's more than that. That's underreported. That's my yeah. guess. Yeah. And essentially, it's like loneliness and social frailty increases the risk of depression and cognitive impairment and mortality. How do we fix this? Well, we have phones and we got these things that FaceTime and video communicate. How do we play a part in this? And conclusion is, their conclusion, I'll give it away because I don't think you can give too much information away. I think you have to give more. While close physical contact is typical of conventional physical therapy, healthcare professionals have the potential, I'm talking to you, have the potential to improve loneliness using remote interventions. These things that you're holding that's never more than a foot and a half away from you. Uh, the study that they looked at suggested that remote interventions can facilitate improvement in loneliness independent of the type of modality utilized, which minimizes cognitive impairment, mortality, and frailty, and increased risk of depression. So reach out and touch someone. That was eight, was that AT&T back in the day? That was their it slogan, was. reach out and touch someone. Remember when like long distance calls used to cost more? Like it would be like, who are you calling? A local call costs nothing or maybe a little bit and then a long distance call. And now it's like you can, you can call Japan and numbers of whatever, the same thing. Um, but how do you do that as a clinician to improve those things? How do you use this tool as a tool? How can you use it? So I gave a nod to a poster. Um, and should I do my other session now as well? And then we have to pimp our own. You have to push your Agreed. own. Agreed. All right, so the last one I had, obviously I've been talking about it a lot and I've been getting a lot of DMs from people, which is kind of cool because I've done a couple episodes on this. This one is Thursday, February 15th, 11 to one, the lunchtime session. And the title, very Dr. Seussical, AI Oh My, How Chat GPT Can Rehab Your Workflow and Research Outcomes. So it's a two-hour session. They're, they're using the word. And so here's the best part. If you look at the description, mm -hmm. in this thought-provoking two-hour session, we'll delve into the transformative potential of artificial intelligence, particularly the cutting-edge large language model chat GPT and its implications for the world of rehabilitation, research, and workflows. I am going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to go all in and say this description was written by AI because no human uses the word delve ever. But AI loves it. I actually now yes. use prompts when I use AI and I say, do not use, I have a do not use yes. word. And delve is number one because delve is the good one. But I also like the fact that they used AI to write their description because it's super meta. Mm -hmm. So this is fantastic. Uh, Gabriel, Elaine, James Patrick Crick, Catherine Celeste, Quatman Yates, and Tim Rethorn. I know Tim. How do you use this new tool that fell in everybody's lap to do the things? You don't have to be an expert on it. I am not an expert on it, but I'm like a kitten batting around a ball of yarn going, I don't know, I'm trying to figure this thing out. And eventually people will, and you don't need to be number one or even number 100 of the best people in the world to use a tool, 
but you know how to use a tool, you can refinish your house, you can turn a 1970s race ranch into uh, something that looks a little more modern, you can do that with your practice. So I like the fact that we are now discussing this thing that's sort of been ping-ponging around the world for a couple months. You're both and could that could that help with the vibes that Rebecca was talking about in that session? Dear ChatGPT, how do I increase hashtag vibes? <laughs> how do I get better vibes? Good vibes only. I'm really interested to know what it would say. What ChatGPT would say? Yeah. How do I increase the vibes? How do I increase the vibes of my PT clinic? Do you want increase or improve? I don't know. I wrote increase, but I can ask it again. It's thinking. It does it very quickly. I like it. <laughs> so it goes, it says, enhancing the vibes of atmosphere of your PT clinic can significantly improve patient experience and satisfaction. Here are several strategies. At no point has it said delve yet. Welcoming, I'll just give you the high notes. Welcoming and comfortable environment, personal touches, engaging and empathetic staff, and patient-centered care. I mean, none of these things are revolutionary, but... When you oh use of technology as well, no Digital ping pong tables, relaxing acts, atmosphere. What'd you say? Tables, ping pong tables, ping pong table. Everybody, I remember every tech startup had a ping pong, a foosball yeah. table. It was like, come yeah. work here. Why? We'll pay you a little bit. We'll give you stock options and a ping pong table. Everybody yeah. plays ping pong for like once, and then they're like, um, I'm good. So that I like how that's focused on the vibes. So anyway, that's AI. That's the one I'm. That's one of them I'm going to. Uh, do you guys have any more or is it time to talk about ourselves now? We've waited long enough to bring ego into this. I mean, I, I, have, time. I have one more though. Oh. It's called building a moral practitioner community strategies to strengthen the profession. So what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is a description that I, I feel like is not super clear. It says we need more than clinical skills to navigate complex ethical situations Mm -hmm. Um, it says envisioning PTs as a moral community could be a robust structure for addressing social, economic, and political forces. Um, so it's interesting. They're going to kind of do it as like a fireside interview with a panel of different leaders from the APTA ethics and judicial committee. Who are the people? Who are it, the panelists? The primary speaker is Dr. Gail Jensen. Then we have Ruth Pertillo, uh, okay. Rebecca Dittweiler, Aaliyah Chaudhry, Robert Tillman, Roger Herr, uh, Laura Lee Swisher, Deborah Gorman, Bader, Ch Chaley, Inglehard, Kimberly Varnado, and Rhea Cohn. So That's lots cool. of uh, good speakers there. Um, I'm really interested on this specific like piece of strategies to strengthen the profession. It doesn't really say how they would yeah. do that. But I'm interested in that, especially as we have drama every year around the House of Delegates and, and whether moral issues are the mm -hmm. role of the House of Delegates, whether the APTA should be involved in moral considerations. And I think healthcare is a moral consideration. Um, so I'm interested in this. I'm, I'm curious. I hope it goes well. And here's why. Uh -huh. As someone who interviews people for two professions worth of livings, uh, fireside chats and panels are difficult. Yes. This is like trying to get a bunch of people to dance, not say the same things, because you don't want, you definitely don't want that. You don't want, mm -hmm. yeah, pretty much what Elise said, and then I'll add pretty much the same thing again. That can get redundant and boring. Yep. Or somebody hogs the money. There's just a lot of things that can go sideways. Because how many people did you say were on that panel? A like lot. Just, 
many. Yeah. So that I mean, I'll even tell people like, because look at the setup of this show, me plus Elise plus Rebecca. I'd say we might be able to get one more, but also you two each individually host your own podcasts regularly. So you're sort of savvy. And so I get nervous when I see things like this. It looks like by adding more people, you're adding more insight. But my thing is you're actually dividing the amount of insight you can get from each person. So you got Roger Her on there. So like you're going to get cool APTA insights and what they're actually doing. I would just, I would be curious, I'm not downplaying it. I'm saying there's a potential for danger, which also can make it. <laughs> curious. Yeah. And it's 11 people. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot of people. I, I mean, uh, three's company, four's a crowd or two, three's company. Three's company. Yeah. Which um, John Ritter, rest in peace. That was a funny dude. He was Jim Carrey before Jim Carrey was Jim Carrey. Yep. John Ritter was nuts, man. He was off the wall. Uh, so three's company, and that's what we're doing right now. And I do this with okay. Dave Kittle and Tony Maritato too. Three is good. Four is good. Yeah. Four gets hard. Five is, I, and I've cautioned people. I've I've moderated panels, and I'm just like I'm like I'm telling you, I'm a point guard now, trying to pass the ball. Is five people? That's Hello. not easy. That's not easy. Yeah, I'm interested to see how All it right. goes. All right, Elise, talk about talk about you. It's not egotistical because I told you to talk about you. So I am partnering with Andrea Branas and Amber uh, Chavez to present at 8 a.m. First session right off the bat, y'all, on Thursday. Yeah. So get excited because I'm a morning person yeah. and I love presenting in the morning. And if you want some excitement, you're going to want to come to this. So our session is called Pediatric Lymphedema, Improving Lymphedema to improve mobility. And so what I really want people to take away from this is that this is not a exclusively pediatric session. This is not an exclusively oncology lymphedema session. This is really a combination of the best of both worlds. And what surprises me perhaps most of all is that I never intended to get into this area. But as I've continued practicing over the last almost six years, it has become wild and wildly apparent on how much this is a problem. And I like what Jimmy said earlier, which is, you know, sometimes there's not always, you know, a, a clear solution from the problem. Sometimes the problem just happens and then you have to find a solution. And in this case, we've made the solution for a yeah. problem that is becoming very, very prominent and prevalent, much yeah. more so than we thought. I think that's always how real solutions happen. Like someone said yeah. smarter than me and I always forget. I like, I remember quotes, but I can't remember who said them. <laughs> but the idea is like, you know, modern school, not to knock it, but they give you the lesson, then the test. But in life, it's the test. Then you learn the lesson, but we reverse it and wonder why kids can't have the, the lesson stick because you haven't, I get burned and realize the stoves don't touch that, but you can't yell, 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 don't touch that. And then you get burned. You're confused. Um, and that's the way it is, right? It's yep. find a problem that everybody looks at it and says, not my problem. Solve that problem. That's the definition of innovation that I stole from David Petrino. I remember who said that one. <laughs> so good for you. We'll share Thank that you. link. Good for you. you. What time do you wake up when you present at eight o'clock in the morning? 
And remember, you're going to Texas to Boston too. So I, I know that's. I might have to like update you on my answer because the whole East Coast thing is a little, little throwing me off there. I would say probably like five thirty because I want to give myself extra, extra time to get there. I'm going to take the tea over from my hotel, so like I gotta have time for that. I have to make my tea and drink my tea in the morning, so like lots of tea yeah. to plan for. I would get up at seven fifteen. <laughs> would walk in the room and be like, where's the screen? That's just me. I come in hot. Rebecca, talk about you. All right. Uh, I'm presenting two sessions this year at mm. CSM. The first one is on Thursday at 11 a.m. Okay. So you can go see Elise and then you can come to our presentation next. I'm presenting with Dr. Mark Magdaleno and Dr. Jenna Seagraves. And the title <laughs> is Keep It Simple, Management of the Complex Patient in the Emergency Department. It's complex to work in the emergency department. And when you have patients that are especially complex, it's very easy to get overwhelmed, especially when you have a finite amount of time. So this session will really give you a framework for how to approach that patient from start to finish, whether they're medically complex, socially complex, um, whether the environment is complex. So just give you a place to start, a roadmap to follow and empower you to use your critical thinking skills to make it simple. Say the title again, keep it simple. Management of the complex patient in the emergency We're department. So close to being able to just have kiss and a lips emoji, like keep it simple. <laughs> keep it simple. I mean, I guess you can't say, you can say stupid. We use the kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. I know. Mm -hmm. Keep it simple. I would have asked ChatGPT for something so it could use the kiss thing. Maybe keep it simple. Super awesome, PT. Yeah. If you are. Keep it yeah. simple. It could be hyphenated. All right. What's your second one? Okay. Because of 90s, uh, it's called Spin Doctors. Yeah, that was my first concert ever, <laughs> Spin Doctors. Oh, man. Uh, so we might have to have some of that music going, I think. Um, spin Doctors, best practice, dizziness care in the emergency department. Spin Doctors, I like it. So I'm presenting with Dr. Helena Esmond and uh, Dr. Katie Johnstone, who you might know as the Lego PT. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've got vestibular first and the Lego PT and the EDPT coming together to make dizziness feel not so scary in the emergency department. Elise, are you looking forward to that? Yeah, I did get a little bit of a preview of the first session because I interviewed Rebecca and the Keep It Simple team, and mm -hmm. it is gold, y'all. So oh, cannot mm -hmm. recommend, and I do love the Spin Doctor title. Like, yeah. nice I work. like to think nice that work. both of these presentations are applicable to you wherever you work, because if I can give you a framework to keep something simple in the emergency department, you can use that framework anywhere. And then dizziness. If we can make dizziness, differential diagnosis of dizziness streamlined to the point where you could do it easily in the emergency department, if you're in oncology, or if you, okay. Jimmy, haven't seen a patient with vertigo in a long time and you come to this session, podcast to vertigo treatment, two hours. I like it. Also use your familiar skills in unfamiliar places. Yes. Learn new skills and then use them in un unfamiliar or you know places they don't quote don't belong. Exactly. So I'm part of two sessions, but I'm not going to be able to be at both sessions. So one is because the Academy of American Physical Therapy is having their 50th anniversary. And I work with APTA Orthopedics. Wow. I'm throwing a party uh, with them. I mean, throwing a party, I get to go to a party. But what an event that I've been part of since Denver was the first year is Technopalooza. And that's something that usually happens at night after sessions are done because it's like the anti-session session. So I did want to mention it. And mm -hmm. that is Friday night, 8 to 10. And essentially, uh, it's antique roadshow for technology and PT. It's like 
everybody stands around. They walk over. They go, here's my my diagnostic ultrasound that plugs into your iPhone. Ooh, everybody's, ooh, ooh how does it work? How much does it cost? Let me, let me touch it. So it's hands-on playground for tech. And the Academy of Leadership and Innovation has been doing this for years. I got involved in Denver, which was uh, a couple of years ago. Yep. And they do this every year. But I wanted to give a nod because at the same time, the APTA Orthopedics Party is at the same time. And I cannot be in two places at the same time. So I did want to give a nod for both things. If you're in the Academy of Orthopedic PT, we're having a party. If you want to learn about technology, you got to pick one. The other one that I'm doing is a presentation. And I have presented several times at CSM. I have never submitted a presentation. I always get, hey, do you want to be on this? And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'm, I am very much a Robin. As much as I like to take the lead on things, things like CSM still intimidate me. I'm like, I don't know. Would you want, ever want to learn this? So I ran into my co-presenter when we we crossed paths as she was rotating off of the board of directors or the board of trustees for the Foundation for Physical Therapy Leadership. And I was rotating on the board of trustees at the Foundation for Physical Therapy Leadership. And again, I still have no idea why I'm on that board of trustees. If you look at people like Stanley Paris or like Marilyn Moffitt, Paul Rocker, former, I mean, I am the one of these people does not is not like the other but sheila schindler ivans and i were passing like ships in the night for the foundation and she was like you know sort of instrumental in the um in the Mar um, marquette challenge that the foundation does every year mm -hmm. and she was like hey jimmy i really want you to like you know help bring communications to the board i think that's what you're here for and i'm like it must be because i haven't run a school <laughs> or been the wcpt president or the you know that's clearly why I'm here is to yeah. show people communicate. So Sheila then came to me and was like, hey, I've listened to what you've said, and you're right. If we really want people to understand research, publishing cannot be the only route. Publishing or a poster or presentations are traditionally the only three ways that science spreads. And I got news for you. Look at what we just talked about. All these sessions are happening at the same time. So time and space is a factor. But what if they're all recorded, Jimmy? That's cool too, but bandwidth is a factor. How do I choose because I only have so much bandwidth to spend time and pay attention with, which will be one of my slides. It is a transaction. I know your presentation is free, uh, but it's not. So my goal is to highlight the problem. What's the problem, man? Uh, so the title, the title of the, of the presentation, it's on Thursday, three to five. So while Elise is very much the breakfast uh, club there, I'm going to be happy hour. I do not see any regulations that say you can't bring your own drink. There's nothing there. I would I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission. So it is very much happy hour. And the title of the session is it's in the Academy of Research, which again is laughable. Why would I ever be in the Academy of Research? It's baffling. But I'm using my familiar tools in unfamiliar places. And the title is Science Isn't Finished Until It's Understood, Effective Strategies for Communicating Rehab Research to the Public. And Sheila is a researcher. So she's like my audience. So everything I've done in the presentation and putting it together, I run by her and I go, am I right in this is how it works? Because again, I've never really done research. So I'm like, it, but I'm a lay person looking and going, isn't this the problem? Isn't this what you do? So I'm also going to spoiler alert. Because there are several things going on during CSM. Do you know what the other holidays are going on during CSM? One's an easy one. It's Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. The Sunday before CSM. President's Day. Right. There's also a large football game. Ew, Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. And a large party that usually happens in New Orleans. Marty, oh, it is yeah, that Wednesday, that Wednesday. Oh, it is, I am going to use elements of all those holidays in my presentation. Like I'm going to bring in 
my my microphone set, my offensive lineman headphones that make me look like I'm an offensive coordinator on the sideline of a football football team, right? And I'm going to do play by play for what it what I think research looks like. You receive the kick, which means you got the green light or funding to do a research. And then you do a bunch of science things, like you do a thing. And she was gonna help me with the science things. I'm not just gonna yell at science things. <laughs> But I'm gonna I'm gonna say like you do science things like you run the ball you pass the ball because your your goal is to get to the goal at the end. Spoiler alert, and I'll say it here because you can't say it, I don't want to hide it. Every I think researchers commonly think that getting published is the end zone, and I want to frame it. I think you're still on the 15 yard line. I think you're close, but your that. goal when you started was to achieve understanding, which is why the it's it's called science isn't finished until it's understood. Not science isn't science is done once I'm published. And then I just what go back to the 20 yard line, receive the next kick. No, you did a bunch of stuff. If it was any good, you want people to know about it. And for that, you need to get outside of posters, presentations, and papers. They're all peas. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna make a star uh Wizard of Oz reference. Posters and presentations and papers. Oh my. Posters, presentations, and papers. Oh my. There's a preview. I just came up with that. I'm gonna use it. So that's the that's my beef is like. Everybody says that 17 years from research to clinical practice. And everybody's like, we don't know why. I'm like, I very much know why. And I'm an idiot. Like, it's because you publish and you think you're done. And you 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 spike. the. You ever see like football players drop the ball in the one yard line when they start yes. celebrating too early? Yes. I'm like, you're, you're doing the icky shuffle. 80s, 90s reference. You're doing the icky wood shuffle on the 15. That's a fumble. You think you're done. So that's my thing. So I'm very passionate about that because Sheila and I have the foundation um, connection, which the foundation raises money, then gives money away for research. And here I come in going, I'm not going to help you with research. Stuart Binder McLeod and Stanley Paris, and Marilyn Moffat and Becky Craig, all these people. I'm like, I ain't going to help you with that. But I keep looking going, how are we trumpeting this? Where's the, where's the music mm -hmm. video? Where's the rap video? Where's the... TikTok, you know, make fun of these things all you want, but it's communication and brevity. So I don't know if you can tell, but I'm super pumped about this. Well, and I really like in your title too, you didn't just finish with science isn't finished until it's communicated, understood, right? And I think that's a really important thing we've especially been made aware of the past few years of like, it's not good enough to publish it. It's not good enough to just communicate it. It has to be understood. And I'm really my mantra about used that. to be, and I stole this from somebody like the you the the England's version of the um, Surgeon General. His mm -hmm. quote was, "Science isn't finished until it's communicated." And I ran around, I put that on my email signature. I'm like, "This is dope." And then I thought about it for a while. I was like, "No, having I don't want to have gone to the gym. I want to have done something that causes a change." That was the point when I set it out. So it's not having, a, the job isn't to have communicated. The job is to have communicated clearly so that you reach understanding. I also want to make it easier for people, which is your job is not to get people to do something or believe something. And this I can also bleed into politics, right? Kind of, which is what I'm saying is like, if we have a difference of opinion, that's cool. My only goal in this discussion, right? Not a monologue or a presentation. My discussion is, do you understand what I'm saying? You're like, yes, but I just don't agree with it. That's cool. I'm okay with that. As long as I have articulated myself clearly and concisely, sometimes with humor or analogies, whatever, the goal is understanding. If you understand me and still disagree with me, that's cool. But not achieving understanding is on me. I want to own that. And that's what I want to show researchers. I also want to give them not a pass, but like almost like I get it. You're not incentivized to do anything after you're published. I think, right? There's no incentive. You don't get extra money. And like if 
and I'm not saying researchers are doing it for money, but like their living is earned off of going back to the 20 yard right. line and catching the ball again and scoring another touchdown. Right. But you're not scoring touchdowns. And I'm not here to rage against the publishing world and say, well, this sucks and open access. Like, I'm not going to change that. I don't know where the solution is or how the solution gets funded or how to mo I want to, I know I'm going to talk to a hundred people and two are going to do what I say. I know that I'm cool with two. As long as the room understands me, it's not my job to get you to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Which also goes back into patient care. I need you to understand me. You doing it or not doing it. It's like inception. I put the idea in your head, but it's got to be your idea. If it's not, you're never going to do it. So that's what my presentation is. Nice. I feel I like I'm really excited about that. I, I'm excited about it because I feel like if the pandemic really taught us anything, it's that misinformation is free, oh, widely oh. available, highly disseminated. Um, if I'm getting my science off TikTok, that's free. Peer-reviewed research is behind a paywall. Even most physical therapists are like, well, I want to read this, but I can't because I, I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to get behind the paywall. So my question for you, Jimmy, is... Do we need to have the researcher team and then have another team of people that actually communicates that? Because what, is, it, is it reasonable to expect the researchers to be able to communicate I that? And I, and, I, and I address the limitations of this ask, yeah. which is you're limited in the three T's. I got a lot of P's and T's. Tools. Maybe you don't have an audience to talk to. Maybe you don't have a Canva account. Maybe you don't have a, you know, so there are low or no costs, but they're like, if you want to reach a mass audience, like you do need to put some stuff into it. So there's the three T's tools, training time. Yeah. So if you don't know how to use the tool that you actually, you know, everybody can have a YouTube account for free. Like, great. There's a tool, but I don't have a training how to use it. Also, I don't have any time because my job is be published and go back and catch another kick. So this is what I did at Mount Sinai is I was like embedded in a research lab and my job was like make the TikToks and make the Instagram carousels for the research that our team was doing. And I did that for two years. Um, so, so no, because our researchers, like do you want them to get good at offense and defense? It's like, is that a lot to ask? I think it is. Like you want yeah. them really, really good at research and have a team. So Sheila points out some schools have these teams. And you're not going to get 100% of their time 100% of the year. But if you're like, hey, I'm publishing twice a year, meet with that person early and often. And then when the thing before it comes out, Tom Cruise is the most bankable, you know, uh, actor in Hollywood or whatever, you know, but he still releases a movie trailer and he still walks the red carpet and he still does a bajillion interviews. Why? He understands. Like he puts out great movies, but you got to tell people about them. Over and over. It, it, I even I even in my presentation, I'm giving away a lot. I'll use exercise principles. They're communications frequency, intensity, time, type, volume, progression. That's the fit VP, right? Those are all communication principles. So when you're not doing them, don't be upset by the results you're not getting from the work you're not doing. But I also come back and I go, maybe it might not be your job. So this might be um, it's a little commiserating. Like I'm not gonna bag on you. I'm going to show you the way and then show you, like, I understand you are limited by this. You're being asked to play multiple positions that you are not given the tools, training, and time for. You're not given the three Ps, which is people, product, process. You're not instructed. Like, hey, communications is an entire degree in college. I got one. Um, but where does that person come in on your team? I don't know really how research 100% works. Maybe someone listening now or we'll find out in the room. Could you put that as part of your grant and not have to have a full-time communications person but say, like, isn't the point of getting this out? Like, so I'm going to spend X number of the dollars from this grant to communicate it because you wanted it to not get published. You want understanding. Published ain't the end zone. 
So I'm I'm guessing we'll have like I'm gonna have football sound effects and I'm gonna juice it up, man. All I Paris. have are spin doctors. <laughs> I saw I saw spin doctors, soul asylum. Do you remember soul asylum? They had a pretty innovative music video. So Soul Asylum had a song called Runaway Train. And it was about it was about runaways. And they made like something like, and this is back in the 90s. This is really innovative. They made like 10 versions of the music video where in the chorus they would flash images of runaway, kidnapped, exploited children who were yep. missing. And then they would put a phone number of if you if you find one of the essentially they use their music video to find run find and reconnect runaway children with their parents. It's a very innovative idea in the 90s to like we're going to be on MTV every 20 minutes. Why don't we use this and the song is about this. Um you don't see that a lot. The only other parallel that I saw in recent years was Imagine Dragons did a song where the music video featured a kid with cystic fibrosis. Hmm. Essentially, it was like raising awareness and it showed the kid playing hockey and then going for treatment and then trying to ride his bike and going for treatment. And it was really not. So it was like cool, like communication, social justice. So there's some parallels though. I also want to load up my presentation, which is a ton of examples. I do not. I am not a theory guy. I mean, I'm, a, I'm like, okay, basics outline. And then I want to show you ads of Nike. I want to show like, wow, look at this. They communicated an idea very clearly. How can you do that? How can you steal this to do that? Because I want people to walk out feeling it's always good like vibes right i want the vibe to this to be like oh i can do this and i have permission so my fourth p usually it's people product process and permission or tools training time and turf it's like yes this actually you are the only person that's going to do this yep. You're, no one's going to do it better than you no one's going to do it with more energy and more accuracy than you you're mad because the communications person at your university misquoted you or didn't get, but you weren't involved in the process. Sorry, man. That's a fumble on you. So anyway, I feel like I hogged a lot of the time at the end there, but I got real pumped. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Yep. <sighs> and I'm actually like halfway done putting it together. I usually put things together two weeks before and then I run through it three or four times. I'm already practicing several parts. I'm very excited for this. Very one. nice. This might be nice. all right. Parting shots. Like Wait, what are we gonna say? You not like that? All right, that's cool. <laughs> parting shots. How do you want to wrap up today's episode? This is a different format. This is the second time we've done it. We're con I don't even know if we have a name for it, but the brunch bunch felt really good. Uh, what, how do you want to wrap up today's episode? What do you look at? Let's let's do this way. Parting shot will be. Uh, what are you looking forward to at CSM outside of just the programming that we all just mentioned as well? Oh my gosh, I'm really excited to see people from all across the country that I've connected with virtually that I haven't yeah. met in person. I'm excited to see friends that um, I have had for years. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm excited to like treating it in the brunch theme like a wine flight. I'm gonna try a lot of new Ooh. things and experience a lot of new things. I'm, I'm committed to going to an event I've never been to before, yeah. even if I don't know anybody. Love it. Elise, forward. That's so exciting. what are you looking forward to? Not to copy, but I, so I didn't go to CSM last year and I feel like I missed a lot. Like the FOMO was very strong for me. Mm. And so I'm really looking forward to actually getting to go in person and connect with a bunch of people that like, it's called the oncology mafia for a reason, because so many of those people are so cool and are like 
always cheerleading in the background for everything that I've ever done. And so it's always nice to get to connect with them. Um, I am going to do a plug here. Um, Dan Steventon, who you may know as the cancer PT, the Fred Rogers of PT, PT Dan is receiving um, a humanitarian award from the oncology section that is supremely well-deserved. And so I do want to make sure, because he was probably never going to tell that, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. Dan got it. Dan is totally deserving of it. And I can't think of a better person who exemplifies what it means to be a PT humanitarian than PT Dan. I have to, I will now pledge to use video examples from PT Dan because he utilizes video. We're talking about the same guy, right? Yeah. 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 Utilizes videos in such a great way. And he's been doing it for a while now. He was sort of like doing it before it was cool. He was like literally teaching himself like how to make goofy fun videos to get his pediatric patients like engaged because he was like they watch goofy videos so i gotta make goofy fun videos let's talk to the patient in ways that they are already communicating so i will use examples from pt dan um shoot i had i had one and now i forgot oh i think i i mean we didn't even talk about all the things that happen we could do another episode on all the things that happen after the sessions right the the diversity gala the pt pack event all the sections and academies and alumni events have parties you can invent your own so it's kind of choose your own adventure last year we did pt uh a party with a purpose I forgot the name of my own party party with a purpose i didn't do it again this year because family stuff happened and i was like I, i'm not going to be able to plan this correctly totally. maybe i'll do it where's csm next year not to already skip houston. ahead um houston. houston yeah so warmer i mean maybe we can make it you know maybe san diego san antonio had snow maybe we, maybe we'll make a you know maybe boston will be 82 and balmy in february um, but looking forward to connecting with people. I mean, I got a group of people I hang out with every year and I'm, I'm just pumped. That's all I got. Do you guys have anything else? Okay. Play the outro music. All right. They say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. We'll see you at CSM.